0: And now, from the dry hills of Santa Clarita, California, it's time for America's least listened to podcast. It's Christian Ease with your blessing-filled hosts, Jared Burkholder, Dan Sachoff, and Brian Irwin. And of course, as always, the announce is a lie at the top because uh, Brian Irwin is not here. Brian's in lockdown uh, with the rest of the world, but Jared Burkholder is here via phone. Jared Burkholder, how are you?
1: That's true. Well, Dan, if I'm being honest, I, um, I value this podcast so much and I take it so seriously that I'm, I'm both on the phone with you and full of laundry right now. Wow. Um, because I've become Johnny Homemaker. So it has been
0: exciting. Johnny and Homemaker, I, I love that. Night. I read, I read that as a kid. That's a Judy Bloom book, isn't it? Yes, no. it is. I figured you. You don't uh, get that reference, do you? That's is that.
1: I no, I don't. I, Usually, most of the culture references you you put out, I don't get, but I always
2: pretend
0: I do. Well, I will bet um, you anything. So our I, gu- I bet you <laughs> our <laughs> yes, guest. It, yes. I bet you our guest Martha Harding <laughs> gets the Judy Bloom reference. Martha Harding, how, I how are you?
2: do. I'm doing super well. How are you guys?
0: Good. We are so glad to have you uh, back on the podcast. <laughs> Martha, of course, is... is uh, Martha, what's your title at Grace Baptist Church, officially?
2: I am the Director of Women's Ministry, Dan.
0: The Director of Women's Ministry, but I I, yeah. I think that pigeonholes you way time too much. She, was on, she did clarify that um, we,
1: we call her the hard
0: business. <laughs> That's right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the chief of lady business. That crazy chief yeah. of lady
0: business. Oh, my goodness. Wait, is this lady business? You need to go talk to the chief. Exactly. Where's the chief? Is she in? Yeah. No, she's in a powwow. Yeah.
2: Oh, jeez! Oh, no. oh,
0: no. Martha, we're glad to, right to have now. you here. Wow. Uh, we're going to introduce the topic in just a second, but but as always, in a regular episode of christianese we like to start with the... Uh, well, with the, Christianese, uh, with the Christianese Word of the Day, is that right, Jared? Yes?
1: We sure uh, do, Dan, and I sure hope you can find it on the board. This I time can. Here it hard. is.
0: Christianese Word of the Day. Christianese Word of the Day is a spirit of heaviness. Jared, why don't you take mm. that for us? I'd love to, Dan.
1: You know, when <laughs> you're irrationally depressed, uh, rather than calling attention to the fact that, like many of us are, Many of us are in right now due to the quarantine that you just do too much salt. <laughs> we love to ha- identify a spiritual cause. And so well will say, yeah, I've I, I a spirit of If you walk into a room and uh, there's a heavy downer there, you can identify that there's a spirit of heaviness in the room. <laughs> uh, it allows us to sidestep the, the reality of, of uh, causes for um, people feeling down and, and just kind of, you know blame the spirit or something like that so
3: yeah I'm,
0: that was excellent jared uh that i give that two <laughs> i hopes. will say
1: that dan i uh i ordered taco bell last night at 9 30 and i shouldn't have i, I admit that but a lot. no so way I following that i also have a spirit of heaviness
0: oh, my <laughs> <God>. <laughs> that's a whole different spirit of heaviness though isn't it
1: yeah it was heavy
0: though I think that is a whole different spirit of heaviness we're talking about right there. Um, You know, I also, I I, I already screwed everything up because I had some some theme music for for Martha that I just, uh, I love, because when I I think of Martha Harding, I just, I think of this. It's kind of like that girl a little bit, you know what I mean? Riding in a T-top with the top down and just kind of, just relaxing, driving down BCH on a summer day anyway. Oh Martha my
2: goodness, Harding. you've nailed it. Yeah, I know, <laughs> yeah.
0: I know. Uh, anyway. funny, that music actually comes on every time she enters a room. That's, <laughs> <great>. <laughs> That's right. Hey, is that Martha Harding? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it comes. And she always is wearing curls and has a martini. That's right. Say, guys, what's happening? What's the <laughs> Say, haps, gentlemen? Business, see? <laughs> 23 Skidoo. Uh, anyway. All right, Martha, we understand that you have a topic, something you'd like to talk about today, and uh, we defer to you. The floor is yours, my friend.
2: Well, wow, thank you. And actually, yeah, I have, I have been thinking about this for a very long time. Mm-hmm. But then when uh, with the whole social distancing thing, it just really felt like a very cool um, conflation of things in mm-hmm. my little brain. So, yeah, what I was thinking of is this whole concept of how we other people, how we make people different from us,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and that in some ways that is important to us. Or our spirit of heaviness, or to create a spirit <laughs> of lightness. <laughs> yeah, it just
1: sets uh, us free a spirit from, from of nimbleness. Martha. Nimbleness. Yeah,
3: <laughs> there we yeah, go. Yeah.
2: yeah, it just it gives us all mentally for the for our bad behavior, sometimes for racism, sometimes just for unkindness. Absolutely. And yeah, and I think our culture has gotten worse uh, about this, and um, certainly in my memory, I'd say in the last several, maybe a couple decades, it's just been more and more. And to the point now, um, here's an example of it, but let me help, maybe that'll help. So yeah. if we hear about a crime that is truly heinous, and, uh-huh. and we hear about that now and then, we will say that the one who committed that crime, what a monster that uh-huh. person is. Uh-huh. But you know, that, that person's not a monster. That person is another image bearer, sadly, right. who has done a heinous thing. Yeah. But when we label him a monster, that puts him in a category that is different, that is other. True. So what that means is I can't be ever worried about doing anything like that, or that could never enter into my universe because it's other than me. So the problem is that we don't recognize in our own hearts, at least by our nature, we're all capable of all the sins.
3: True, true. <laughs>
2: but so so we just sort of put it separate from us so that we're Insulated from from even any responsibilities for the perpetrator, because clearly he did this thing because he is other, not because of any other reason. There's no there's no um, extenuating circumstances. There's no damage to his brain. There's mm-hmm. nothing like that. It's mm-hmm. all that he is just different. So um, and and that's sort of easy to get along with because we do put criminals in jails. We separate them from society. So we do a lot of that anyway. But unfortunately, that same kind of othering happens in all sorts of all sorts of areas of life, and and one that just leaps to mind is in our political realm. Right? That mm-hmm. um, we are uh, we are just so good at othering people in that sense, so that I disagree with you, so you're wrong. Right. But now we would say. I disagree with you, so you're evil. (laughs) You are different, and you can't be any part of my life.
0: Boy, does that ever resonate on so many levels. It's going to take a little bit to uh, fully examine that. What a great what a great topic. You know, I was thinking as you said that too, the the second part absolutely with politics and we've talked about this before, Jared, but it is it's so true. It's one of the things I loved when our uh, when our pastor first came to to grace is he said, "Hey, God's not a Republican or a Democrat, right?" Because right. so much of the time as as Christians, I think too, we because we could be a Green Party yeah. <laughs> Ralph Nader though I don't know about yeah. him. but we but we you know we do tend to demonize other people and this whole thing of like we can't agree to disagree anymore and the and the other thing I thought about too is when we when we do that in, for instance, what you were saying Martha you label somebody a monster, then there's no redemption possible, right? There's never any redemption right. with that person. I was thinking about that we were Jill and I were watching this uh, documentary about um, <clears throat> Angola. You know uh, about the prison and and all the amazing things that have come out of that prison ministry that uh, that the warden started mm-hmm. there and stuff and and some of those people who have done monstrous things certainly but have had huge amounts of redemption. Uh, we were watching another one the other night, another part of it, how they have a hospice set up at Angola and and these these men ministering to each other at the end of life and how far they've mm-hmm. come and it's just like man, when you you're right when you label somebody like that, then redemption isn't possible in any sense, whether it's something heinous like that or something that somebody. Else considers heinous on Twitter, like you've said something that is monstrous. And so then again, you know, in the grand scheme of things, there's no redemption. Jared, what are your thoughts on this?
1: Yeah, I think along the same lines, I've been thinking a lot about how in, in our church context, but even in our area, mm-hmm. um, we just have this natural tendency to outsource things. So rather than identifying that there are problems within ourselves and our church and our community, we want to outsource the solution to someone else so that we can kind of clear it from our purview. So you think about homelessness in our valley, we've outsourced homelessness to a few nonprofits and government agencies. And our biggest concern is that the homeless aren't on our and aren't sleeping on our block and they're not in our parks and things like that. We don't want that to be part of our normal life.
3: Right. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Right. I think we do that even, you know, with um, with how we think about discipleship in, in the church, right? We think, mm-hmm. well, I don't really want to deal with that. So why don't you go to a counselor to talk about that? Or, right. or why don't you go to one of the pastors and talk about that? You know, and, and I think we just kind of want this clean, homogenized perspective on Christianity in the church that, that doesn't really admit um, the reality of our sin and our brokenness and, and that of those around us, which then I think, to Mark's point, causes us to, on the one hand, always kind of be elevating ourselves in, in our own mind's eye that we are not guilty of those kinds of things but it also creates and Dan, you and i've talked a lot it creates an environment where it's not possible to be honest um in mm-hmm. the church community about sin right because well we don't do that right so um we don't we don't struggle with that and that's enough, other people do that rather than being willing to say like no i mean um People have affairs, people drink too much, people lie, people cheat on the taxes, right? Um, there's lots of big ways and little ways that, that sin is just kind of wrapped up into our daily life. But because I think we, we don't want to admit the reality of that, to Martha's point, that's something we categorize that other people do. And so if you raise your hand and go, well, actually, I struggle with that, um, then you're ostracized because then you become an other person, right? So you're, you move from being one of the body to and move to that other
0: category. And if um, other people are watching so that, I and then all of a sudden you admit that, and then people see the, that reaction, then they're never going to want to admit anything, too, because like, oh, man, did you, holy crap, did you hear the room come to a screeching halt when I, when so-and-so admitted, you know, they struggle with something?
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and I, I think one of the really I, interesting ways, Fred Martin, sorry. No, 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 go ahead. We got a lag here because of the failure. Oh, geez, and,
3: uh, I'm so but, you know, sad.
1: it's seventy degrees here, so the heat waves and then with <laughs> aliens and then uh, NASA and so the Earth's flat anyway. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> no, I think one of the ways this shows up a lot with white evangelicals is the issue of race. Um, and I've just mm-hmm. learned that in my own life from some really dear brothers and sisters who um, who have kind of been very patient with me through that conversation because we think about racism as something wholly other, right? Mm-hmm. Even as the Gospel Coalition and other entities have tried to to really awaken us to understand that race is a gospel issue and how we think about people, uh, how we treat people of other races, how we listen to our black and our brown brothers and sisters and Mm -hmm. and give credence to to their story and their experience is a gospel issue. I think as we've done that, the pushback Mm -hmm. has been like, well, my grandma didn't do that, right? And so again, there's like this otherness where... You know, I'm mm-hmm. not a Klansman, and my family's not a Klansman. So obviously, racism is is a problem of other people, rather than That's recognizing right. like we all have implicit bias, right? We all kind of have this approach. So <laughs> even in, in kind of you know we've had Barry more on the show before, and he was one to the term microaggression. There's these small uh, aggressive acts, or even just thoughts that we have towards other races and cultures, uh, but we never want to admit that, right? Because we just want to admit that racism is a problem that other people deal with, rather than admitting. As, as other churches and movements have and I think systemics that our church has, um, just admitting that like this is true of all of us, right? So no one's immune from this. This isn't an other people problem, this is an us problem. We need to own this and, and let the gospel speak in and shake that.
2: Yeah, that's right. And I and I think a way that we talk ourselves into that is by misunderstanding what it, it is to to um, misunderstanding how we are othering people. So this is a big deal to me because I'm starting to rec- I have started to recognize it in myself, <laughs> mm-hmm. so I have been fighting against it. Right, but um, it is hard. To your point, Jared, to even just have a simple conversation with somebody about how how do you think our brothers and sisters um, in Christ who are people of color feel about the last presidential election? How do you think they feel about that? That is right. an impossible yeah. conversation to have because. What we want to do is say, look, I'm not racist. I just want everybody to like the things that I like. And I want them to, you know, everybody's welcome. To an just like me. Right? Yes. So the, the, the problem is that don't we, that.
0: Martha, hold on one sec. Repeat what you're saying. Re, re, Martha, repeat that because you just, you just cut out for a second. I think we had a, a bad cell hit there. Say that the again. Airplane, okay. <laughs>
3: <laughs> what
2: I think is we have created for ourselves tribes. Where where everybody in our group yep. is like us, and mm-hmm. that is super comfortable and safe. Mm-hmm. We have elevated safety in our culture to this bizarre, you know, level that it is the primary concern for most of us. And so, and so, and that even um, extends to our relationships and mm-hmm. to our potential relationships. So we want to live in a place where everybody pretty much is like us, so we don't have to risk an alternate thought. So we, so we talk all the same, we think all the same, and we expect other people who want to come into our group to be just like us, or they can join their own group, but mm-hmm. we're going to hate their group because they're not our group. It's just, right. and so this idea of to implement this into the church where we would have a conversation and say, I don't know, what do you think African-Americans think about this? How do you feel, how do you think our friends who are, um, who have green cards right now and they're in our country? um on a green card. How do you think that they feel right now? a Particular political issue. It is almost impossible to have just a calm, um, you know, explore the options and the reality sort of conversation with a lot of us because we're so
0: threatened. We I think don't you're, want yeah. our
2: group threatened.
0: Right, and 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 to be able to again, even if we don't have complete agreement on the issue, to agree, to disagree, mm-hmm. but continue the conversation to try yeah. to find some resolution on that stuff. And I think too, I'd love, I'd be interested in hearing your guys' thoughts on okay, how do we do that then from a from a scripture based, gospel centered approach, and so it doesn't become like a social gospel kind of thing where it's just like okay, we're gonna, you know, like in liberation theology and things where where we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna social justice takes on a different meaning. How do we do that? How do we focus that in a gospel context? You know what I'm saying?
2: Well, I don't know. Jared is way smarter than I am on this, but I my my not small idea about this is you are smarter than everybody about everything. So oh, shut up.
0: man. <laughs> what did you pay her? Did you pay her <laughs> off? Did you pay her off, Martha? No, or Mark, you Jared is smarter. We both agree that
1: Dan's smarter. Oh, no,
0: let's not do that. Let's <laughs> definitely not do that. Go ahead, Martha.
2: Okay. Well, so here's here's my thought. I think that the the Bible is all about social justice, but defined as Love your neighbor as yourself, or love your neighbor the way Christ loves you, right? right
3: so,
0: right.
2: so social justice should be born from that, not sort of everybody getting their way and feeling good about their own sin.
0: And as you said, so, everybody's an image bearer, right? So, so take it from that that perspective. Yeah.
2: Exactly. So, so if I actually believe that the homeless guy in Pacoima is an image bearer equal to me, or if I look at um, Philippians two and I and I know I need to consider him higher than myself, you know, or more important, put his needs ahead of mine, then that's going to make me actually do something for a guy who's homeless in Pacoima or in my own little tiny suburb or, you know, all around me. Or I'm going to look at my next door neighbor whose husband is bailing on her and I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm going to go to her and and try to understand her. You know what I'm I'm saying? I think get out of my own need for safety and actually risk to do what it is that the gospel calls us to do.
0: That's excellent, yeah. excellent advice. Jared?
2: Yeah, I, I figured out the
1: passage I was going to get to the Philippians 2, um, and it's just interesting. I, I need to keep finding myself there because there's just so much in the instruction of Philippians 2 to consider others as more significant than yourself, mm-hmm. right. especially with the example of Christ of not holding on to what we can intrinsically his by right. Um, and I, I think we can make a pretty strong biblical argument that uh, we actually don't have rights as, as people who are under the, the kingdom of God, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> we have the right to, to be judged for our sin, that's about it. So anything else mm-hmm. we get beyond that is, is mercy. Um, mm-hmm. But we tend to think that we have that, right? And so to be mm-hmm. willing to forsake what I perceive to be rightfully mine for mm-hmm. the purpose of both considering and then treating someone as more significant than myself,
3: right? Mm-hmm.
1: So even if there are ideological or foundational things that would cause me to, to disagree, Um, with the different perspectives that someone has, I still value them enough to want to listen and learn. And and Mm -hmm. just to admit that, like, I'm going to come out on the other side of that, changed, and so will they, if it's a genuine thing. right? We've we've experienced that with Brian and with others, where we've had really great dialogue with them, and that's not to say that we've unbelieved foundational things that we believe, but the perspectives that they bring, um, at the very least, kind of demythologizes and devilifies the lost secular world. Right, mm. um, it, it shows them that they're not all like hell bent on killing all the babies in the world and mm-hmm. Christian prison, right? So right. we have obviously, uh, from from a gospel standpoint, we would say that only those who saved by grace through faith in Christ uh, belong to the family of God. We're not going to compromise on that, but
3: mm-hmm. we don't have to
1: go the extra step of like making some kind of culture war because right. as we talked, uh, Dan mostly with your friends because you you know more Christians than I don't. Um, as we talked with uh, your friends, who become my friends. It just mean that you're like, yeah, these are just normal people. Like, they need Jesus, just like I need Jesus.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but just that that very conversation itself, I think is an expression of the ethic of Philippians too. And I think to add to that, it really is having um, a biblical perspective on myself. Um, mm-hmm. So that I understand my own sin and my own brokenness. And it's almost like a Matthew 17, where we're so good at recognizing the speck in our brother's eye, ignoring the law an mm-hmm. and it's an I our eye. There's just value. Um, I I love, I prefer to be with people who are self-aware. But I do not prefer to be with people who just have no sense of of their weaknesses. People who are self-aware are willing to acknowledge that and keep acknowledging that and growing through that. And then they even help kind of catalyze my growth because they're willing to admit their needs to be growing. So I think just breaking down this, to Martha's point, breaking down the other category, because there's only... If there's one, um, just one group of people who are all image bearers, who all are under the, the lordship of Jesus Christ, and so while we have cultural differences and linguistic differences and socioeconomic differences and ethnic differences, um, we don't we don't get to put categories of otherness on people. That's right. not
3: something that we get to
0: do. Well, and, and as Jared and as Martha was talking about earlier, you know the political angle of it, which we haven't hit necessarily, although it's under the umbrella of this certainly. But I think that's one of the things that you you and I have talked about, Jared, and and I think is important that people do have within the church. I think we need to recognize that and be sensitive that people have different political differences, but but our faith in Christ should transcend all of that, right? And if if we stay focused on that. Hopefully, that's going to bring us to a place where we can have some, some of these conversations.
2: I think, and I've, I, in the past I've said this, and I've heard other people say this, I don't know how you can say you're a Christian and, and vote Democrat. Or, you know, I've heard people on the other side say, I don't, I don't know how you can say you love people and vote Republican. And, and you know, it's, just, it's so, it, so we have so categorized, we have so connected our faith with our politics Mm -hmm. that the idea that we can have an open conversation and agree to disagree, it's anathema because um, just as I would say, if I'm, if I'm talking to an an atheist, I can't, I can't be comfortable with you disregarding the danger that you're in spiritually. I will love you. I can converse with you. I can be civil with you, but I will never be comfortable with the idea that you are, you know, you are choosing a path of destruction. So, so that's, that's okay. I think that's a, that is a kind of a, that is a biblical approach, right? But, but when we connect our, our faith, that kind of faith to our politics, then suddenly we, we start condemning people to hell because they vote for that woman or yeah. for that person, or don't vote, or, you know, right. you, you know, you name it. So, or, or they support, um, giving chickens a happy home or something like
3: that oh what do you want it <laughs> is huge yeah
2: you know i just think what basically happens is we can get comfortable with selfish decisions yeah. when we are comfortable with our tribe and with our othering of others
0: i agree and the divisions are endless right because like somebody's a vegan or somebody's gluten free like ah, i tell you what a bunch of hot smoking hippies and a good christian would never be afraid of gluten you know or whatever i mean it just it's literally there's just so many things that then can divide people and we're you're right we're picking we're picking sides on everything yeah
1: the only uh, only exception i would make to all this is um the crazy rednecks from tiger king i think (laughs) deserve to be in their own other category. i really do (laughs) i don't i don't want to include them in the human race can, can we just talk about
0: that, that for a second how phenomenal I'm only I'm only 3 episodes into this but I am I am incredibly fascinated and I'm thinking I want to set up a church in Oklahoma right adjacent to one of those sanctuaries because uh, it'd be fantastic I'd like to have the magic show uh, as I'm reading the gospel with some tigers you know what I mean What better way what better way to reach the lost than I, I just That's the I'd kind love of, to, uh, I love <laughs> I love in bo- I love in both of those guys' cases. They, they both end up doing magic. They're like, "Well, we had tires in the mall, so what's the next logical step? Magic." <laughs> yeah.
2: oh, there you go. They're your people. That's your tribe. <laughs> yeah, Listen,
1: I was born in West Virginia, but I, I want to preserve those people as as their own
0: as their own bunch. <laughs>
3: maybe
2: that's a good topic for
0: next time (laughs) oh my gosh so what's our what's our takeaway with this you guys what can we then practically be doing and thinking about uh as we engage those around us and those in the church to to try to avoid this uh to try to avoid this stuff
2: um, what i've tried to do um is even just be respectful in the way that I talk about people. So, it, whether I'm a fan of the president or not, I just don't want to say his last name as a pejorative, right? Yep. So, I'm going to say President Trump or President Obama or whatever. Exactly. I'm just going to do that, you know. Right. And and similarly, when um, you know, part of what has helped me a lot is just not watching the 24-hour news cycle, yep. whatever, whatever channel it is, because they're there to gin up hate. They're not there to really, they're, they're trying to get money. Radio. Yeah, but the way they do Tucker that. Carlson? I mean, have you? I mean, <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh,
2: Don't make the answer specific. <laughs> it's always Tucker. It's
3: always. It's always... <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, you pick your person and they're, they're there to make money and they're not there to be helpful or whatever. And the more distance I put between myself and that clamor, the easier it is for me to evaluate. Well, gee what is she really getting at with this, with this plan? Like if I were voting her way, um, why would I think that's a good idea? And if I just put myself in that simple sort of kindergarten, um, skill of thinking of the other person, then it's a lot harder for me to categorize themselves as different from me (laughs) because I've actually literally put myself in her skin. So it sounds stupid. And, and I think very, um, Simplistic and maybe reductionist. No, but it doesn't. I think even it's good. that has helped a lot.
0: That's great. I think that's really practical. And again, it's pragmatic. And I love that because I think sometimes we just we overlook the basics. Right? We're we're like we're looking for some complex answer to something, and uh, I I think that's good. Just the the meat and potatoes of it. Jared, what do you got on that?
1: Yeah, I don't want to sound high horse here. Um, <laughs> Too late. I'm super super <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, yeah. know this whole show. Um, but I I really do think that this comes down to the simplistic, not doing what we described here is a denigration of the gospel ethic, right? Mm -hmm. And I think we've just allowed categories of Christian maturity, um, that allow to allow people who are perceived as strong Christians to build these walls around themselves and others. Right. And I think we just have to recognize that that's ungodly, right? Mm -hmm. And I think of the church, like we've, we just allowed you know, we talked about before, Bridges wrote a book called Respectful Sins. We just, we have sins mm-hmm. that we're very vocal against. And then we have sins that we just capitulate. And because it, it strikes much closer, oh, oh, seriously, a Um because it strikes a lot closer to home, we, uh, we just don't address it. And so I think to recognize um, not being willing to move towards someone in love as Christ moved towards me, not willing to value them, even if I disagree with them, Right. not willing mm-hmm. to be respectful of them, not being willing to listen to them. Um, mm-hmm. There's nothing There's nothing gospel-centered about that. It's right. quite the opposite. Right? Um, it, it, and so yeah, I think it's just yeah. being willing to, to not create safe spaces for that kind of behavior in our churches. It, right. to, mm-hmm. to be willing to call it out and say, that's actually demonic. Right? Mm-hmm. Right. So, so even though you know you have whole networks of TV that would affirm that, even though there's whole swaths of American Christians that would affirm that behavior, the Bible doesn't affirm that, nor does Jesus, and so we're not going to affirm that. Right, hmm. And that's why it's both ways, right? I mean, it's both ways on any end of the ideological spectrum. right? So any conversation that we're having that's not aimed at one particular demographic or group or, or ideological um, system. It right. really just goes both ways. But we have to be willing to say, this is what the Bible calls us to. And right. more than being X, more than being... You know, this political party or this affiliation or, or, or whatever, I want to be like Jesus. And to being like Jesus pushes me mm-hmm. towards this. Right. Um, I think we have to be un- unwavering in that.
0: I think that's mm-hmm. absolutely right, and uh, yeah, I think that. And 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 Martha, like you said as well, I think it may be as simple as before each day when we get up, part of our prayer life, part of our, our just our thoughts, our thought process to to fill our minds with to really prepare ourselves before we engage with anybody, people at the church, people on our block, wherever it is, to think about. Okay, wait a minute. Anything that I say or I do, people are watching me, and if I throw a bomb, like say, you know. Uh, like whether it's something disrespectful about the president, uh, whether it's Obama or Trump or Bush or whoever it is, or something anyway that you know is a Molotov cocktail that could be thrown into any conversation. And to really think about what you say and how you behave and how you respond to people and not – so when you are in those conversations, you don't say something that then will prevent them from ever wanting to talk to you about a spiritual thing Mm -hmm. and not be so caught up in the fact that we want to evangelize politically something that we forget about. We want to lead with, hey, who's Jesus? Who is Jesus? Jesus to you. What do you think about Jesus? And always try to turn it back to that, and be he, he, humble enough, and not have our pride worked into it, that we can lose a political political argument or what, whatever kind of argument we have, and be able to get back around to the truth of the gospel. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if we do that, it, that is exactly the, the the core, right? Because we are here. We, you said it earlier, Jared. We we have a purpose. We we have to live on mission all of the time in every realm. And if we if we do what you said, sort of put these giant moats around us or, or landmines all around us, no one can come anywhere near us. <laughs> we can't get to them either. And then then the gospel, the, the the mission that we're here for, the whole purpose of our lives as believers, mm-hmm. has been undermined. It's 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 essentially just eviscerated. We can't do it. Yeah.
1: To your point, like if we want to get to the end and hear, "Well done, good and faithful servant." We just got take the Bible seriously, right? We gotta, we gotta actually let like God's word speak into all the myths and pieces of our life. and I mean, not wall off part of our, our hearts or our lives from from what the Bible actually says.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and
1: Martha, that, let's um. Go
0: ahead, Tampa. No, no, I'm, I'm done. Go ahead.
1: You're not done. You were gonna say something. No,
0: about. no, I'm not. I was, I was <laughs> gonna try to lead it where you're leading it to uh to, to the well, next thing. Go ahead.
1: We think the same.
0: Yeah, but, uh, exactly. I think
1: it'd be fun. Yeah, we can start this kind of through this weird corn season that we're in. But um, what's your what's been your favorite thing about staying home the last two weeks, and what's been the thing that either you miss or that's just driving you nuts?
2: My favorite thing is um, I love working from home, <laughs> so I've been super productive. But and it's been fun being home with my husband more. I've loved that. What I have despised is that I don't get to hug people and some of those people are my grandchildren.
3: <laughs> so
2: I'm just <laughs> I'm just so eager to get to you know, I was even thinking earlier, what what would it be to go to coffee with a friend? Mm. <laughs> How yeah. crazy would that be? You know, just I've lost so many connections and natural conversations and the fun there's just a lot of fun missing. Yeah. when people are, are not here.
0: So true, yeah. so true. Yeah. How about you, Jared? Yeah. Good.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's me love my home more. Um, Cause we're, I don't know if you know, Danielle has the virus, she's got that sweet Rona. Um, so she's yeah. on day seven of uh, self-isolation. So like, we've been home, like home home. Um, and the reason I was, I was waking on the, the call here today was what I was to make a name dropped off some, some stuff for the kids. And so yeah, I mean I just miss it sounds really weird, especially for a pastor to say, I just miss touching people.
0: Um Oh my gosh, really here it comes. Like, everybody yes, if you have any, any problems with everything. that statement, please email Jared at blessingfieldhost at gmail oh,
1: <laughs> you like to join class action lawsuits. Great. Um,
0: That's the end of I've Christianese, been like, everybody. I, mean, I've
3: even, I haven't
1: I have like even hugged my wife in a week. Like we have. Um, she was handing me a clothes basket today and our fingers touched literally through the Clorox wipe that was a non-close off that uh, that, that's as good as it's gotten in the week um, oh no so, I think the flow state of life has been great but
3: uh, I sometimes I
0: when <laughs> we touch oh my gosh
3: through um. the Clorox how about you
1: again
0: uh, man I don't know they're just they're just so many things I, I miss people I, I miss people I know a lot of people are introverts and I've seen people post that hey this is you know I, I know they're half kidding too this is cool but I just I miss I miss being around people I miss uh I just, I miss that, you know, it's, I mean, I'm around my family, which is awesome. And I, I, I love that part of it, but I just miss being, you know, the other thing that's driving me crazy is this kind of, uh, and I understand it I totally, and this is somewhere where I need to be better with kind of understanding people's points of view, but like, there's a little bit of this kind of Nazi mentality. If you, if you're going out and like, I went to the bank yesterday and I think I was standing a little bit too close to somebody. And honestly, I just wasn't even thinking about it. Like I, I didn't look, there's an X on the ground where you're supposed to stand. And I got this side eye from this guy, like, what are you, Hey. Pal, you know he didn't (laughs) say it, but his eyes were saying, "Buddy, six feet." I'm I'm calling the police. I'm
1: part of this this Facebook group, and like they're literally reporting people. Trophy the Park. Well.
0: yeah, it's now, and, and I get it. Look, I get turn. it. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. And it speaking, speaking of our tribal stuff, I mean, again, I don't want to get in a, a big fight over that with somebody, but it's like, oh my gosh, it's just like, and I, I totally, <laughs> I get where people are coming from and they're genuinely fearful and concerned and stuff, but I, uh, I just, oh, that part of it is like, and Danny was playing basketball the other day and somebody, you know, my son was out playing basketball at the park and somebody, <laughs> somebody called the, the cops on him and I was like, are oh. you kidding me? Come on now. But, oh. of course, he did have an Uzi and, uh, you know, a, a pound of cocaine. <laughs> yeah. But the whole
3: story. yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: I have to his giant net bong that he had, <laughs> he's not in a bong. I don't know. <laughs> Pipe, food, whatever it was.
0: His son is the Tiger King. <laughs> oh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just it's crazy it's crazy times but look we'll get through this and I think it's a it's a good exercise certainly for you know because everybody is on all sides of this too like hey should we shut down everything Mm -hmm. should we not and I think that's where we have to as Christians be like okay well look people are going to have preferences on this or are we going to make that the hill we die on or can we maybe keep our uh, humble pants on for a little bit and maybe not have our way with that if it means we can have a conversation with somebody who is genuinely fearful and say okay well here's you know something in my life that doesn't make me Completely fearless, but certainly does mitigate it to a great deal because ultimately, I know a, there's I serve a sovereign God, and b, someday I'm going to be somewhere where there's none of these worries, right?
3: Mm-hmm. Amen.
2: Hope so. Yes.
0: So, well, Martha, thank you so much for coming on. And we'd love to have you on again and again and again. This is so great. And because you're in the trenches with so many things, and we've, our family's been lucky enough to serve with you at Hope Gardens and do things and just see how good you are in real situations with real people, oh. which is so, I mean, it's such a valuable thing, though, because I learned so much by working with you there seeing just like hey what does it look like to really come alongside somebody to just be cool to be normal but then to be able to speak into their life gospel truth and sometimes you they don't even realize you're doing it you know what i mean because it's just the, mm-hmm. it's the way you're it's just it's very natural and you're natural that way but plus you're just a great teacher and so knowledgeable about mm-hmm. about the bible and it's just it's a great it's a great mix because sometimes if it's coming just from a pastor or somebody it's i don't know you know people i think walls go up a little bit too. Too, when they're when they're dealing with that but anyway thanks for thanks for well, what you do super kind. well that's super thank
2: you thanks so much and it's always always fun to talk to you guys so anytime I'm, I'm there I'm up for it
0: well that's great you guys yeah. if you have any uh, questions concerns if we can pray for you in any way during this crazy time email us at ble- blessingfieldhosts at gmail.com blessingfieldhost at gmail.com Jared any parting thoughts my friend
1: you said it all and I, I appreciate it
0: Barb Barb, uh, Stout on the organ there, so uh, that's the end of our time. But uh, you guys, thank you so much, and uh, we will see you next time on Christianese.